Soul Live love and greetings from my heart to yours. I'm Rain Ma. This is a Sojourner's Truth podcast. I come to you humbly, not to tell you what to do on your journey. I am here simply to share some of what I've learned on my own soul journey. I'm returning to my roots as a storyteller. I speak to, for, and from the one that I am. Welcome home. An adoption story. A Lorraine Ma. My adoption story is going to be with some 3D earthly facts with a little bit of my own spin and storytelling. I'm recording this on my 44th chapter of life, my 44th birthday. And it's a beautiful, beautiful thing to be able to put the puzzle pieces together. It's like putting the border along a puzzle. You have to fill in the pieces, you have to fill in the middle before you get to see it with full insight and perspective. I was born in Milwaukee, Wisconsin and given up for adoption. My birth mother and father that I know um, only through um, the paperwork, uh, the social worker from Catholic Social Services had very limited information. Um, but what I do know of my my bloodline, my mother is French, Portuguese, and my father is Ethiopian. Since I was born in 1976, um, it was still pretty new um, in the sense of mixing race relations. Um, that will be a whole nother topic that I will do in an upcoming podcast. Um, and again, my Akashic insights, my um, ability to see beyond the veil and into worlds beyond. I have much more information that could ever be contained from a file. Um, But I have complete peace with my path and my earth side assignment as a rainbow bridge. I love the story that my um, adoptive mother, who is German-American, my adoptive father, Polish-American, so born in the United States, 
um, could not have um, biological children of their own. Um, they received a phone call as they were sitting down for their wedding anniversary. And it was from the social worker saying, we have a little girl here, but we, um, there's a catch. She's, she's mixed. Um, I think at that time, I mean, I remember even growing up just in general, I was referred to as a mulatto. Yeah. But we have this little, this little mixed girl here and my file had gotten, um, fallen behind the cabinet and so I was in foster care from the time that I was born from February 26th to May 23rd um, and again with my own um, remembering and Akashic insights um, and the way that I um, have integrated and rebirthed and seen different um, pieces of my journey the woman that I was in foster care with was lovey, just absolute lovey, um, beautiful, beautiful soul, beautiful energy. Um, and for those who wonder how you can possibly remember these moments, <sighs> what the mind forgets, the soul remembers. It's their imprints that are left with us and in us. The same holds true even with my, my birth mother. Many years later, having done lots of, of trance and other worldly um, rituals and rebirthing, um, I also remember very clearly the energy and time, the three days that I got to spend in the hospital with my birth mother. And um, so anyways, we fast forward to the day of my adoptive parents, uh, their, their wedding anniversary and the phone call, um, and the disclosure that um, even though they had already adopted um, my older brother, um, who is not blood-related, yeah, I believe he is, is German um, in nationality as well, but I'm not totally sure. Um, but clearly he looks like my adoptive parents and here's me, this little brown skinned girl um, and my mom was the one, my adoptive mother who without any hesitation knew that I was destined to be with them so we joke, I mean, over the years, it's always been kind of the thing that their wedding anniversary was also an anniversary that I celebrated because that's the day that I came to them. Um, on a level of background, little family history, my mom's German family, German side, um, very different in their, in their ways of, of being and loving. Um, they were not at all happy, especially my uh, grandfather was not happy about um, 
first of all, having children that are outside of the German bloodline. Um, secondly, a colored girl, <laughs> a colored child, was really not um, welcomed. And I honor my mother for honoring her soul's truth and path, as well as our sacred contract in this lifetime. Um, my, my birth father, I don't know if his family really had any, there didn't seem to be any resistance or any issues. Um, that was more, that's why I speak more of the German um, side in the, the history, in my mother's history. Um, but again, here I come. And uh, my mother, bless her soul, my family in general, I really have absolute gratitude and understanding, 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 and overstanding of what is a sacred contract and destiny. So even for some, I have met people who have been adopted. I have traveled all over this globe and I have always met my soul brothers and sisters who have similar codes that they carry. I'm calling it um, Rainbow Bridge. Yeah, we're Rainbow Bridges. The fact that we are so diverse, multicultural, um, we carry so many different lineages in our own blood as well as have the ability to, to, to go and to be in so many different places and lands and see the power of one embodied in humanity. And my first experience and teaching of this comes from my adoptive parents. They were the first to teach me that you need not have the same blood in order to be loved and to be considered family. And over the years, this has been my truth, um, pretty much going on my own vision quests throughout many lands as a spiritual and traditional midwife and healing artist. Um, but the family that I was raised in not only was a different culture, even the neighborhood that I was raised in um, and the church was very, they didn't speak German, but it was a German community. The schools that I went to, all of the last names were predominantly German. So there is also um, some insight and some understanding that I had imprinted in my being at a very young age, um, even before I started experiencing other cultures beyond the one that I was raised in. Um, the second piece that um, I think is pretty profound is learning how to to, to be in this world and not of it. Because I was raised in a family that clearly I am the, the black sheep, yeah? Um, there were many things that in my own being, in my own innate nature, in my soul, that I knew to be true, that I was not witnessing 
in the ones around me. Those things came later through my own activations and um, remembering in my bloodline. But I was very, very, very young when I started um, seeing beyond the veil and connecting with ancestors from my own bloodline, uh, spirit guides. Um, and because of the way that I was raised um, and the religion that I was raised, my mother is um, a Jehovah Witness. My father um, never became a Jehovah's Witness. Um, she, my mother was raised Catholic but at some point, I think in her 20s, um, you know how Jehovah's Witnesses go and share the word door to door, um, she started studying and decided to leave Catholicism and become a Jehovah's Witness. That was her true path. That was meant for her. But for me, there was a box in the form of religion that couldn't even touch the essence of my being and soul. So I knew probably as early as six. I remember um, as Jehovah's Witnesses, you are, you are meant to only associate with other um, Jehovah's Witnesses. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a tight community. Um, and I remember telling my mom, um, I didn't, I didn't believe some of the things that I was being taught. And here's a little girl and family, my brother and I as well. We went to church, or well, it's not called church; it's the Kingdom Hall. We went to the Kingdom Hall three days a week. We had to go out in service and knock on people's doors. And I remember about six years old saying to my mom, "This doesn't feel right to me. This doesn't make sense." I had a lot of questions. Um, and I didn't understand why I couldn't play with other children who were from school, um, who were other, you know, other religions, and just in general. It was a very closed um, community in that way. And um, she told me that when I was 18, I could choose for myself. But until then, this was the path. So I was very much aware of having a foot in, at that time, two worlds, but on a multi-dimensional level, it's many worlds, yeah? Because even for me, like I said, there was many things that um, were a part of my bloodline and my being from a young age, but I learned to keep them secret. Um, messages from from ancestors and spirit guides for me it was normal they were they were very real and the messages even the the prophecy sometimes things that were that would come to me in dreams or in their real-time um, messages it always came true and it happened and I remember a few occasions where I where I uh, even with my mother would say, I, I would say something, you know, about a, an ancestor of hers or someone who was there. And she was absolutely, I could tell by the look on her face, she was horrified and literally was like, you can't possibly know that. And, and according to their religion as well, it was of the devil. Yeah. Anything that is not being 
spoken and kind of, you know, channeled through um, the, their elders or um, congregation, whatever their, their, their teachings was outside. So even practices, you know, like meditation and different things, yoga and things like that um, were totally outside of the realm. Um, so again, I learned to hide it. I learned to suppress it. I kept, I still would observe, I still maintained my connections with my ancestors, my lineage, my spirit guides, because it was helpful for me. It gave me insight and perspective into things that, um, again, I saw the value, I saw how it was working, and my spirit and soul is not so quick to accept a truth that does not resonate with the one heart, one love. And so for me, that was a part of my upbringing. That was a part of my path. Um, I certainly learned how to lead a double life. I learned how to not uh, get in trouble with my mother. I would make up stories. <laughs> I would make up stories and say that I was going to be babysitting and I would have plans with my worldly friends from school. Um, anyways, that was just part of the part of the dance. And I was really biding my time until I turned 18. Um, and the day that I turned 18 um, was the very last day that I ever attended um, the, a meeting and, and, and association um, with uh, Jehovah's Witnesses. Now, that is not to say I do still to this day, I have met ones of every religion and faith that are phenomenal beings beautiful in their human spirit. Um, it's just for each person, they have to come home to whatever the truth of their own soul's purpose and path is. So this isn't, uh, you know, blasting anybody. This is just simply, um, a piece of my piece. Um, and a lot of people have wondered, um, some of my story, and that's part of a soldier's truth. You'll get to read about it in the book. Um, and I do have a podcast as well that will offer some of the stories that are meant to be shared through oral tradition, because again, that's a part of my lineage. Um, so 18, I left, um, the organization in that way continued my personal path as a um, massage therapist, um, my family as well. My father especially was the biggest instigator for me to say, to, he worked so hard in his life. He was a mail carrier. Um, out of the army after he was out of the army he got a good government job as a mail carrier um, he started a commercial cleaning business um, he had lots of a very strong drive to serve and provide for his family um, and he was a huge instigator of you work hard but you play hard um, 
education was not strongly pushed. It was really um, find something that you love to do and get paid for it. And so for me, my path led to uh, massage therapy. And massage therapy was really only an afterthought because I was going to go to a two-year program to become a physical therapist um, assistant. assistant. And there was a one-year waiting list. So after I graduated high school, I um, enrolled in uh, a program at Lakeside School of Natural Therapeutics. And I figured since I was on the waiting list anyways, and there was somebody who was already in the the um, PT field. And she said, you know, if you take massage therapy, your chances of getting a job in a hospital will be much, much better. So I took um, the route to becoming a massage therapist. Um, I very quickly learned and had activations within my own being as I had my hands on other people's bodies and that that was the beginning of my path as a healing artist um, and also reconnected some of the dots in my own lineage um, in this new world. So becoming a massage therapist um, was a significant a part of my awakening. I worked t- for two years at a um, a clinic called Mequon Myotherapy Clinic. Very quickly established um, my my practice. Uh, within two years, I um, started my own um, business with my business partner at the time. Her and I. Um, had a beautiful five-year contract together. We called our business Restoring Balance, Um, pretty much doubled our income overnight by going from independent contractors who um, had a 50% um, take, you know, to making 100%. And then in those nine years of serving as a massage therapist, I found my way into prenatal massage. Um, I became a doula. um, And again, having so many different beings and so many different bodies, it also started to activate within my own being my remembrance of my ancestral lineage. Um, It's where I began as well. bringing in some of the star seeds and being able to connect with ones um, knowing things that I couldn't possibly know about them and having constant confirmation. Um, And eventually, my path led for me to to close my practice and to explore um, my roots as a traditional midwife and healing artist. And the reason I'm bringing this into the um, the adoption story is because I certainly honor my roots, not only my own bloodline, and they're strong. This is where, again, even being adopted and being in in a world that is completely doesn't look like you. Um, 
doesn't think like you, being really enmeshed in having to see the world through other cultural conditioning, other perspectives. It's a part of my foundation. It's a part of how I've learned to be and anchor the light that I am. And it facilitated this rainbow bridge work that I am, that I do. I started traveling um, in 2004 and I was pregnant at the time with my my starseed son whose name is Blessing and it was a journey in many ways to return to my own roots, to return to what I know to be true and listening, moving around this planet without any contacts, without any connections and truly just listening from beyond the veil to my ancestors, to my spirit guides, to the ones that have been walking with me from day one and beyond the beyond. And as a result of that experience, um, I've come to know and technically even be adopted by so many souls all over this planet. And again, my parents, my adoptive parents being the first ones to teach that love is not determined by blood. It was a part of my destiny to go to these places. And of course, you know, traveling to um, Ethiopia, especially during my pregnancy, was um, a part of my remembering. Anytime I um, enter a land, I not only connect with the collective consciousness of the land, I connect with the, the lineages and the ancestors and the the tree spirits and crystal kingdoms and um, and come home to a deeper place of activation and remembering. Um, and so I've been to all of the lands that I know of in my own lineage and then some. Um, and again, for me, I think my adoption story is is pretty profound because it was part of my destiny. And like I said, I have met many people all over this world who were adopted, who had similar situations, which also shows that you, wherever you are, there is a field of resonance and an energy that is emitted from your being that attracts you to certain beings and certain souls for a purpose and because I've always been open to and never shut it down even though the the adults around me were really clear on this is the way and you know this is what is of God and this is this is light and this is dark I've come home as a rainbow bridge that there is a divine balance in the darkness and light being one and in every land every place I see that oneness I see the truth of 
Christ consciousness and unity consciousness everywhere on this planet, even if they are not practicing Christianity. Um, I've lived in Hindu culture. I've lived in Muslim cultures. I've had the experience to um, to apprentice with ones in different forms of um, African um, spirituality, traditional healers, sangomas, and every place I am able to witness what is light, what is dark, and I see God in all, in everyone and everything. And this is a gift. This was part of my path and destiny. I think and I honor that every there's there are a lot of adoption stories and everybody has their own pieces and things to integrate and to um, to to heal and to make peace with in their own way. So again, I'm saying this is my story and my reflection. Um, but even to speak to the piece about rejection or what would be perceived as abandonment. Yeah, because I technically was given up by my mother. Yeah, it is true that I've had over the years to do my own um, healing to to atone and to make those um, to 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 pacify those those wounds and that loss. But the perspective that I have on it now, especially in this forty fourth chapter. We are never and have never, ever been abandoned by the divine. It's not possible. Any separation really does come from our own not seeing with the eyes of soul and not seeing beyond the beyond into what is the bigger picture. And I do believe that everybody comes here with sacred contracts and I have um, great insights into even my um, past lives and connection with my mother who adopted me Um, I think I said it already I have um, very strong connections um, energetically and etherically with my birth mother um, and father who is no longer living on this planet, on this earth. Um, But it's comforting to know that for those even who are adopted or who even have, maybe they haven't been adopted, but they've had scenarios in their own families as a black sheep and somehow been cast out. um, There is something that came through very profound to me regarding um, rejection and abandonment. We can't really be rejected. Um, Destiny is always at play. And so for me, with my own birth family, they were not a part of my destiny in 3D reality in this earth life in those ways but my mother serving as the the holy grail and sacred vessel that she is (laughs) that she was and is because we have very similar um we have very similar 
life paths um, in our offerings and uh, in our hearts. And um, it all comes back to what is destined, what is a part of the the purpose and plan, um, and what is meant to be lived. And so for me, being raised in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and, um, you know, by a German, German family, and um, it's a part of my story, and it's a part of why um, it's very easy for me to to move to be in this world and not of it and to embody the power of one in the way that I do um, and my ability to soul link and connect with many, many, many different cultures, traditions, religions, um, because I always find the unifying thread I always feel and see the cord that connects us all to the power of one. Yesterday, I cried for the woman that I wanted to be. Today, I cry in celebration of her birth. Yesterday, I cried for the little girl in me who was not loved or wanted. Today, I cry as she dances around my heart in celebration of herself. I pray that your yesterday tears will be wiped, that you will find the courage to celebrate yourself and the lessons you have lived through, grown through, and learned through the lessons that have brought you to a deeper realization of yourself, of the child within you, and the constant mercy and grace of God. Now let's have a party and enjoy.
Thank you for listening to A Sojourner's Truth podcast. It's my purest pleasure to share my sojourn with you. To learn more about the services and the offerings I share with our global community, please visit a sojournerstruth.me.